Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. It is exciting today as we wrap up a series entitled Level Up, and if you're new with us and joining with us, um, we've been talking about how do we level up our faith. As followers of Jesus in this room, um, we we know that obviously Bible study is really, really important to our growth, Um, studying God's Word, understanding His truth, those are important. We know that prayer is vital as our connection uh, to our Heavenly Father and listening to the Holy Spirit, Um, but there are other tools that as believers we, we tend to forget about, and we've been looking over the course of the last month, we've kind of been looking that not only are they important, but they're also commanded. And so we talked about the fact that all of us need to meditate, um, meditate specifically on God's Word. That means to mutter. That means to have God's truth and to know God's truth and to be able to talk with Him about it on a consistent basis. We also knew that Jesus once said that fasting, when we fast, in other words, we don't have an option. It's not something we do once in a great time. It's fasting needs to be an active part of our lives on a continuous basis basis. And specifically last week, we talked about the two different fashions of confession. That confession just doesn't have to do with joining the community of saints, which means eternity, but that confession actually allows us to join the community of sinners, to understand that as Christians that we all have mess. And, and I think my favorite part about last week is having you turn to the left and right and introduce yourself and says, I got mess and so do you, um, because we all are messy. And today, we wrap up this series uh, by a another one of those commands that God gives us. And in fact, we're designed for it. And we do a really poor job of it. Some of us do. And I will say this, I do a poor job at some facets of this specific tool. And that tool is to celebrate, to celebrate, that God calls us specifically to celebrate. Let me give you a, a case in point. In the Old Testament, there's a term called the year of Jubilee. And if, you, if you're a studier of the Bible, if you read the Bible, you, you kind of understand that in the 50th year, that after seven sevens, after seven years times seven, in that 50th year, there is to be the year of Jubilee. And a lot of us think that that's the time when we just cancel debts and everybody, you know, anything that they had against their neighbor it was canceled, slaves are freed, and that's it, and it's just a do-over. But that, that's actually not what happened. Actually, the year of Jubilee was is that as you move toward the year of Jubilee, here's what happened. If you leased land from someone and there was a landowner and you had a debt to that landowner, as you approached the year of Jubilee, it was required for the landowner and the individual that carried the debt to work out a compromise and a deal leading up to the year of Jubilee because on the year of Jubilee, there was to be no more debt. It was to be canceled. So they had to work out an agreement to be able to settle the debt. For slaves, however long that they were enslaved to their master at that time, they had to work out a responsibility to work a specific amount of time so that they would be free. In other words, it put an end date to the debts that we carried. And it foreshadowed that which Jesus did in our lives. Think about that today and think about why that's important. In the Old Testament, obviously, we didn't have Jesus dying on a cross yet, and so God instituted a year of jubilee to pause, to celebrate freedom that we have. As followers of Jesus Christ, we have a year of jubilee, and it's continuous, because today, for all of us, we have freedom in Jesus Christ. And the reason why this is important is, as we enter into this topic, I know that we have a conflict happening in Eastern Europe at this time. 
I know that we are just finishing the pandemic prayerfully. I say that now, but hopefully it is over and done and we can move forward. But we have heavy weights on our shoulders. We have anxieties. We have fears. We have doubts. We have all those things that are compressing on us. And it's as if God wants to remind us, and we're going to be reminded today, that Terry, that this is a day, a year of jubilee. That I did not design you to carry the weight of the world for the rest of your life. That in the Old Testament, I put a specific end date so that you wouldn't have to bear that burden. And in the New Testament, I gave you my son who died on a cross. So that today, no matter how you're feeling, no matter what weight's on your shoulder, we can understand that we can celebrate, if we're a follower of Jesus, the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. Terry, I got it. It's important to celebrate. I get that. Okay, so here's the question that we'd have. Why should I celebrate, though? What, what are some of the specific reasons? Well, we're going to go to Nehemiah, and I want you to see what Nehemiah has to say specifically. Old Testament, Nehemiah talks specifically about celebrating, and take a look at what he says. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Now, pause. I love this because if you're like me, again, when you're reading Scripture, you have to kind of read this through different prisms. When I read that, I paused and I said to myself, I can imagine Nehemiah walking through the aisles at Costco. And when you walk through the aisles of Costco, if you go to the meat department, you go there, you see prime, you see choice, you see all the different kinds of, of things. And it's almost like Nehemiah said, no, 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 go ahead and get the good stuff, all right? Go ahead and get the, and, you know, the drinks over there, you know, this is good, this is good. That's really good over there. So grab those choice drinks. So Nehemiah pauses and said, hey, I want you to get the good stuff for a second. And then he says, and then send some of those to have nothing prepared. Not only do you want to get it for yourself, but go ahead and send it to some of your friends who don't have it prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah said, every once in a while, we need to party. Every once in a while, we need to pause, even though we have the weight of the world on our shoulders, and we need to celebrate. So pick the choice drinks, the choice foods. If someone doesn't have it, hand it out, because we're going to celebrate, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that's the first thing that I would say is, why to celebrate? Number one, celebration can bring strength. Did you know that God commanded the Israelites, not only the year of Jubilee, but God commanded the Israelites every single year to pause three times a year and to celebrate? He did that on the Festival of Weeks. He did that on the Festival of Unleavened Bread. He did that in the Festival of Tabernacles. He made them have a rhythm in their life throughout the year that you are to pause and you are to celebrate. Now, here's the danger. We as followers of Jesus, we look back and we read our Bibles and we look through one prism. We seem to think that the reason why God, the only reason why God made them pause and to celebrate was to bring him glory, which that's partially true. But do you know that God specifically understands humanity? God designed us. And it's as if God knows, you know what, I'm going to give you a drive inside of you that needs and craves celebration and joy. There is strength in joy. So don't miss this. So my people, what I want you to do is three times of the year, I'm going to force you to pause. I'm going to force you to rest. I'm going to force you to celebrate. Number one, to focus your attention on how I give and I love to forgive. But also, you need to celebrate with one another. You need to have joy with one another. You need to have a party with one another. Because if you do, it will strengthen you. Well, Terry, how can it strengthen you? I mean, when I think of strength, I think of strong. It can. Did you know this, that celebration can relieve anxiety? Do you know that in our lives, that when we celebrate, laugh, or are joyful, when we smile and don't take ourselves too seriously, when we do that, our hormones release dopamine. It's an endorphin. And when we release that, do you know what it does to our bodies? 
It reduces stress. It relieves anxiety. For those of you that have high blood pressure, guess what? It lowers blood pressure. So when we see the joy of the Lord is our strength, yes, strength of heart, peace of heart, absolutely, but it's also physically. It's as if God designed our bodies to need and crave joy. If we are so serious and we are so weighted down for too long of a time, it's not healthy for our bodies. You don't believe me? Well, I guess I'm gonna have to go to God to show you. Do you know that Jesus Christ actually spoke to this? And I love this, and I want you to see this. He spoke this in Matthew 6, 25. And take a look at what Jesus has to say to you and I when it comes to life. Take a look at this. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you'll drink, about your body, what you wear. Don't miss this. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Don't miss this. It's as if Jesus looked at me and says, Terry, you're taking way too seriously. Will you lighten up? I mean, come on, take a break. And isn't it true that if you're like me as a follower of Jesus, here's what we do. When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, basically we're confronted with our sin and we're confronted with our separation from God. We recognize the need that I have to have a Savior, that I need in order to go to eternity, in order to have eternal life, I I need a Savior and only he can forgive me of my sins and allow me to enter eternity. So what we do is we're confronted with that and then we're confronted with our sinfulness and we're like, oh my gosh, And then it's like we begin this journey where we're like, oh my gosh, I curse a lot. Oh, I gotta stop that, I gotta stop that. And so I gotta make it a day without cursing. I gotta make it a day without, oh, I did it again. Oh my gosh. And we we try it and we take a step and we take a step. Okay, I I, I can't lie. Oh, I just lied. And and we we do that. And every day seems like this, this journey up a hill and we always trip and we always fall and we're clawing and we're clawing and we're trying to do our best. And some of us are really bad with guilt. And so we're, we're not perfect. And when we get up that hill, we fall three steps back and then we penalize ourselves and we condemn ourselves because we can't be good enough for God. And it's as if Jesus looks to me and says, Terry, will you stop it? There's more to life. I created joy. And it's as if Jesus is saying, I'm going to go on a cross and I'm going to die on a cross so that you don't ever have to feel that weight ever again. That you will have eternity secured forever. So lighten up, Christian. Have fun, Christian. Do you know, I think one of the biggest reasons why unchurched individuals don't want to become Christians is they look at how serious we are as Christians. We walk around and we're stoic. We walk around and we're just so, we, we look to condemn, we look to gossip. Did you hear about him? Can you believe he did that? I can't believe he said that. I mean, we're critiquing, we're just condemning, we're doing that all the time. And Jesus says, isn't there more than life, more than this, than just doing that? Lighten up and have fun. Stop being so serious. I love Paul, because Paul almost kind of says, all right, Terry, if you're right, you know, God designed celebration. He designed laughter. It, it, it's food for the soul. But, I mean, how do I do this? How do I snap myself out of this? And I love what Paul has to say to the church at Philippi because he reminds us of how we can snap ourselves out of this funk. And here's what he says. He says, finally, brothers, look, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So it's almost as if he says, hey, turn your eyes to me. Turn your eyes to truth. Don't get buried with your sin. Do you understand what Paul was saying? 
If you keep condemning yourself, if you keep just thinking about what you did, if you just keep just burdening yourself, you're never gonna have fun. You're always gonna be burdened. And so fix your eyes on what is true. What is true? Here's the truth. If you were here last week, you remember this. What is true is I confessed my sin, and my God is faithful to forgive my sin as far as the east is from the west, yesterday, today, and forever, that I will spend eternity. And if you were here last week, you know this, that once you did that, you're good. You are in eternity forever, and you never have to question that. And then here's the great thing. Last week we talked about that when I confess my sin to my brother or sister, I join the community of sinners. It means that, you know what, I'm Terry and I'm a pastor, but you know what, I am a sinful man and I am a mess. And sometimes I'm a hot mess, let me just tell you. And it's okay. It's okay. And I had like five people last week come to me and said, thank you so much for allowing me to be a sinner. And I looked at him and I said, you're always allowed to be a sinner because you're never gonna be perfect. And if anybody puts you down or anybody looks like they have their act together, they're lying. They're a mess just like you. I never had to encourage someone by saying, you're messy and so are they. I never had to do that. But Paul reminds us, don't get burdened by your sin. Instead, fix your eyes on what is true, and that is Jesus loves you and loves you and died for you. And we can have joy in that, right? We can celebrate that. If you want to find joy, be honest with yourself. If you want to find joy, seek his truth first and set your mind on higher things. We can all agree on that, that God doesn't want us to be burdened in life. He wants us to enjoy life to the fullest because he died to give us that right. All right, Terry, that's a benefit. So do you have other benefits? Yes. If you're a note taker, here are some benefits of celebration. I want you to write this down. Number one, we learn not to take ourselves too seriously. And the reason why I say this is, is because, man, there's so many of us in this room that don't want anybody else to know our mess or to know that we're not perfect. When the truth is, is Jesus didn't like to hang out with those people. I'm gonna say it again. Jesus did not like to hang out with people who tried to impress others by pretending to be perfect. You don't believe me? Jesus hung out with sinners. Did you know that the Pharisees, the ones who pretended to be perfect, they're the ones who complained about the fact that Jesus, they once said this, that he's a drunkard and a gluttoner. They believed that he drank too much and ate too much and hung out with the wrong crowd. That's what the Pharisees and Sadducees said. And what I like to say is this. Did you know that Jesus liked to party? He did. Jesus loved to party. If you read throughout the New Testament, he was always having dinner with tax collectors and sinners. And you know why I think he did? It's because they didn't take themselves too seriously. They knew that they were a mess. And I could just imagine, if you don't hear anything else I say, just, just hear this. We look at the Bible and we read these stories and we forget that these stories that are written and penned through amazing individuals inspired by God, they're writing the most important points, but they're not writing everything. There were those conversations that happened at the table that did not make it in the Bible, you know what I mean? And I can imagine Jesus sitting there with the tax collectors looking at Matthew and going, Matthew, how was your day today? Matthew goes, oh, Jesus. I just feel so bad because, you know, I, I, I swindled that lady about three months ago, and now I understand that, it and it's a, Matthew, I know, Matthew, I've already forgiven you. Knock it off, will you? All right, just knock it off. All right, now, how's, how's your family? Are they doing okay? How's your grandfather? Is he okay? I know that he's been struggling. Is he okay? Yeah, yeah, he's okay. How's your foot? I know that you've been limping a little bit. You got a little sore on your toe. How's that? Jesus cared about these things. And we don't picture Jesus in, no, no, Terry, how dare you say that? Because that wasn't, no, he was 100% human. He was 100% man. And do you know why Jesus loved to go and party? 
Because what do you do at parties? You get to know individuals, right? You walk up and you say hello to someone. You meet new people. You find out new stories. You laugh. You have fun. You have joy. It's as if Jesus designed us to party. And the problem is, is guess what? Most of the unchurched world doesn't like to hang out with Christians because they know we don't like to party. And that's a problem. We've got to take the party back. You can write that in your notes. It's time for Christians to take the party back. Amen. In fact, you can put that on social media, Pastor Terry said. So, Jesus loved the party. Here's the second thing. Celebration can reconnect what's been disconnected. I say this, and, and I've preached on this before with families, especially with kids, but in a general sense, it's really hard to have fun with someone you don't like, isn't it? <laughs> if you're watching online, we get a lot of interactive feedback from this audience, let me just tell you. It's true. And you know what? Some of you who are sitting next to each other, you haven't had fun with each other in a long time. And so you know what? Maybe the best thing that you can do is learn how to have fun again. Maybe the best thing you can do is plan fun. Because if you can laugh, again, laugh together and you don't take each other too seriously, it's amazing how it can heal the soul. Because God designed us for this. My Jesus laughed all the time. My Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. And do you know what? He wasn't 90% man. He had a fun drive. He had a sense of humor. My God laughs. And some of us need to learn to laugh again. Here's the third thing. Celebration gives us perspective. Laughing at yourself is a sign of diminished pride. When you can learn to laugh at your mistakes, when you can learn not to be perfect, if you're a boss in this room and a leader in this room, by the way, at, after Easter, we're gonna do a series specifically on leadership, and so I'm really excited to share that. But if, if you're a leader or a boss and you can never let your hair down, you can never let your employees or those that work for you let you see you make a mistake, then man, you're taking yourself way too serious. I can promise you one thing, they see your mistakes and they're talking about it in the hallway. So you might as well learn to poke fun at yourself because we're all human and we're all not perfect. And if you can learn to laugh at yourself, you become a better leader. That's just the truth. Dads in this room, you need to be willing to admit your mistakes to your sons or your daughters because you're not perfect and they know it. They're excellent fake detectors, let me tell you. All right, Terry, I see the benefits. So I wanna start having fun again. How do I do it? Here's how you do it. First, you need to sing and dance a little bit more. Now, I want to tell you something. If you've followed the news at all about what's happening in Eastern Europe, you might have seen a video that's gone viral. And it's of a young Ukrainian girl who's nine years old. And the video is from an under underground bunker to where a bunch of families are located as bombs are going off above them in Kiev. Here is this nine-year-old girl, and she stands up, and she begins to sing with a beautiful voice at the top of her lungs, the song, Let It Go, Life in Frozen, but in her native language. And if you watch the video, you see all the adults with seriousness on their face, rightfully so, as life or death situation is approaching them. But all of a sudden, as the video pans, everybody stops talking. Everybody begins listening. And you see smiles on the faces of all the adults in the room. And you know what it tells me when I see that video is, man, isn't it wonderful? Don't we all need joy? 
Don't we all need to feel that from time to time? You know, Jesus Christ once said to his disciples when the disciples were pushing away the children who wanted to come to Jesus, they kept pushing the children away. Jesus looked at them and said, let the children come to me. Now, there's a lot of theological reasons for that, but I truly believe Jesus loved children because children represented the purity of the drive that God gave them, the imaginativeness, the, the um, imagery that they had and their imaginations were so fruitful that Jesus loved to laugh at kids. Do you ever wonder why we love watching young kids play is because there's something that feeds our soul when we laugh and when we have joy by watching them. God designed us to have fun. The reason why we sing and dance is biblical also. Did you know this, that when the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, one of the first things they did was this. Take a look. It says, then Mary and the prophet Aaron's sister took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. Mary and then sang to them, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver. He has hurled them into the sea. I love this because here's Miriam saying, the, the Egyptian army is dead and they're drowned. Praise the Lord, let's have some fun. I mean, it's like, okay, it's a little weird, but okay, we're having fun. But they're celebrating the deliverance because they faced death and God gave them life. Do you know David, who was a man after God's own heart, David of all people who would ultimately, being the king of Jerusalem, who needed to make sure that he, he projected power, he projected uh, authority. Look at what David did once. It says this in 2 Samuel 6, 14, wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. Do you know this, that during that time when David danced before the Lord, his wife, Michael, was in watching from a distance and she despised her husband because she thought that he was making a fool of himself. And I kind of juxtapose that some of us as Christians, we say, you know what? I'm going to dance before the Lord because he's given me such great joy in my life. And then we have other Christians where I've been there before where we stand and we look at individuals who have way too much fun and we go, man, look, that guy's making a fool out of himself. He's just, you know, you just need to be serious enough. And you know what? God wants us to have joy. So the second thing that we need to do and how is we need to laugh a little. We need to learn to laugh a little. But the third thing that I love is we need to learn to tell stories. And this I'm inconsistent with. This I do from time to time. Some of you are like, Terry, you tell stories all the time. Yes, I know, but I'm saying in a house, some of us need to tell stories. And I'll share this in the room, and it was something that hit me this morning as I was reviewing my notes. One of the things that we like to do as a family is, is from time to time, we love to read at night, and, and we're very, I'm very, I should say, I'm very inconsistent with it. And... I had the opportunity with my son the other day to be able to, you know, possibly get him and I to read before we went to bed. And rightfully so, we're tired, and, and my son was not really interested in doing it at that moment. And so I thought to myself, what, what can I do? And so I looked over at my son who loves history, and he's been to Bulgaria, and he's been to Western Europe, and so he, he kind of knows the heartbeat of the Eastern European people, and he's really interested in the conflict right now, as we all are. And one of the things I said is, is I said, well, I said, you know, I said, maybe I can tell you the story of how World War I started by a wrong turn. And, you know, by saying that, not surprising, he was very interested. And we sat there, and I told him the story of one of the ways that World War I began. You know what I loved is, is the next night he asked me, Dad, can you tell me another story like that? And it brought joy to my heart. When we learn to 
pique interest, when we learn to tell a story, when we learn to engage a child, when we learn to tell a story to our spouse, when we engage in listening, all of this activates our hearts. But really what it does is it activates our imaginations because it makes us think and it makes us ponder. There's a fourth way that we need to celebrate, and this is an easy one. We need to celebrate accomplishments. We need to go to dinner. We need to buy a small gift. We need to do a fun activity. And some of us need to plan it out. I'm guilty. We need to plan it out better. And last but not least, another way that we can learn to celebrate, this is a simple one, is don't miss the holidays. Did you know today's National Open and Umbrella Indoors Day? Do you know tomorrow's National Potato Chip Day? And do you know that tomorrow is also National Napping Day? So you can go ahead and call your boss and say, I'm napping today. Pastor Terry said not to miss the holidays. I love it when we laugh, don't you? I love it when we have joy, don't you? One of the last things I would say, and we're done, and I'm going to pray. I had to apologize to God this morning. In the first service during worship, we paused and We reflected on communion. And in all my life, my Catholic background, I can do communion, let me just tell you. I've done a lot of communion. In all my life, I've always been very, very rightfully so serious about the ordinance of communion. Because it is serious. Because in that moment, we reflect upon the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, his body being bruised and bludgeoned for us. And then we think of the blood of Christ and we think of him shedding his blood for us and it's serious. But you know, I've missed the meaning of communion and I think a lot of us have. Because I've only done that. And so I'm stoic. But do you know what the the term communion, do you know it has another term? It has Eucharist. Do you know what the term Eucharist is in the original language? It's Thanksgiving. And do you know what thanksgiving also means and what we say all the time and we just miss it? We say that today we're going to celebrate communion. And I think it's a perfect picture of what we Christians do each day and we miss it. Because all of us in this room, we celebrate stoically, rightfully so, communion. But you know what we forget? We forget what God really wants us to do when we remember him. Terry, I want you to remember my body that was bludgeoned and bruised for you. Terry, I want you to remember the blood that was shed for you. But Terry, right after you do that, I want you to celebrate the freedom that you have in Jesus Christ. I want you to celebrate that I'm no longer in the grave, but I'm eternity in eternity, and you're going to join me one day. And so when you participate in this ordinance, have joy in your heart and celebrate to the top of your lungs. Don't ever take communion the same way again. We should all celebrate as Christians communion because that's Thanksgiving. And so today... What are you going to do with God's word? What's your action step today? How are you going to begin to recapture the joy of the Lord so it can be a strength in your life and in your family's life? Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for this message, and thank you, God, for, um, Lord, the reminder that in a dark time right now in this world, we could pause, we can reflect, and we could celebrate because the year of Jubilee is here.
because we have eternity and freedom in Christ. So God, thank you. May we never forget that no matter what we're facing today. May we hold on to that. May we find joy in the midst of the darkness because God, when we do, we gain perspective. So God, we love you today and we bless you. And we give this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Before I turn things over to Pastor Aaron, I just wanted to share one last thing with you. And, and I apologize, we're going a little late, but I wanted to give you an update on um, what's happening in Ukraine and on the borders. Um, for those of you that have been a part of our church, you know that one of our, one of our missionary partners is Mission Possible. And Mission Possible, their mission is to provide help and hope to the people of Eastern Europe. And they have, been, they have been together now for almost 70 years operating. They were there in the times of the Soviet Union. They were time when the Iron Curtain fell, and they're there now. And one of the things that they're doing, what I love about this organization, is they're not made up of a bunch of Americans who are there doing the missionary work. It's actually made up of all locals in many of the Eastern European countries. And so, in countries like Ukraine, in countries like Moldova, in countries like Russia, we have wonderful partners that are doing God's work and doing great things. And what I would tell you is, right now, yesterday, we had an emergency phone call meeting just to get an update. And uh, what is happening right now on the border of Moldova um, specifically is where we have a team there is they're rushing in and you can imagine the refugee crisis is unimaginable. But what people are trying to do is as they come to these border countries, they're looking for opportunities to be able to go to either Germany or Western Europe to be able to obviously move beyond just Poland and the Baltic states and to move to a new location so they can settle down with family or friends. And so what Mission Possible is doing is, is that they are right now buying food because many of these families had to get up in the middle of the night and they don't have money because the banks all closed. And so they're providing and buying food for them and giving them money so that way they can, when they travel to these locations, they have a little bit of money so that they can buy something for their family or for their kids. And the second thing they're doing is they're buying them train tickets to wherever they want to go. So whether it's Germany or another country to be able to escape a very, very treacherous situation. And that currently is what's happening on the ground. And the reason why I share that is, is I've had many people, a, couple, a few weeks ago we gave you an update and many of you gave to be able to help the cause. And I would say that there's a lot of us that understand that this is an ongoing process and problem that is going to be here for a while. And so what I would just challenge you with is, is if God burdens your heart, one of the ways in which you can participate, because many people have said, Terry, how can I help today? I want to help. Well, right now today, if you give $50, you send one individual food, resources to when they hit the landing spot to be able to purchase things, and you give them a train ticket to be able to get to a destination to where they can find rest. And so if God burdens your heart, just know that that's something that's happening right now. You don't have to give. Again, I'm not challenging that you have to, but if God burdens your heart and you want to help those individuals, um, you can do so in a couple of ways. You can do by giving to Ocean View and the designated to Mission Possible, and we will send all those directly to the field. Or you can go through the app and you can find a way to be able to give that way as well. Whatever God leads, um, let's just continue to pray for the people of Ukraine and for the people of Russia. May God bless you.